something? This afternoon, people gathered all over the world and all over our country and began to just go all through the land singing that song. Wouldn't that be something? There's something about the name of Jesus Christ. And there certainly is. Well, I'm glad you're here this morning. Well, I tell you what, you all lost today. The early service beat you. They had, they had more at 9 this morning than we've got at 11 today. But I tell you, when we put both groups together, it would still be a little bit crowded in here. So thank you for being here and being a part. And we're just sort of working through all of this together and figuring things out as we go. But thank you so much for being a part of our service. Would you take your Bible, please, and turn with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 17. Jeremiah, chapter 17. I want to read our text out of that passage this morning. We're going to be talking about heart change. And our text is Jeremiah 17, verse 9 and 10. I'll read these verses in a moment. And then there are many, many verses through Jeremiah that I want to read. I will not be asking you to turn to all of those. I'll just be reading them in sequence. And then after that, we'll come to the book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 2, there is a passage that I want us to look at in Acts chapter number 2. Jeremiah talks about the heart and then... Luke in Acts tells us how God will change our heart. And that's what we're going to be looking at in the, uh, in the time this morning. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 and 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I the Lord search the heart. I test the mind even to every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. Let's bow together as we pray. Father, we ask you for your guidance and direction now as we're reading your word, we're going to study your word. May you speak to our hearts, Father, specifically about what you want to do within us and the heart change that you want to make in each of us. We'll honor you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want you to listen closely this morning to this moment of introduction as we begin. The color of a person's skin is not the problem. The political views that a person holds is not the problem. The economic social status of a person is not the problem. The problem is the heart. And when you and I begin to look at Scripture, that is so apparent in the Word of God that the problem that we as human beings have is often... Blamed on other things. But folks, our problem is the heart of man. The human heart is the problem. And Jeremiah 
does a great job in his book as that Old Testament prophet exposing the heart of man. And God just seemed to raise him up of all the prophets in the Old Testament. And he began to talk about, and he began to deal with the heart problem that folks had in his day. And friend, it's never changed. It's been the same in every generation from Adam to Jeremiah through all the prophets, even into the New Testament as Jesus talked about the problem that men have with the heart. Listen to some of the verses in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 17. No one shall follow the dictates of... No no more shall they follow the dictates of their evil hearts. Chapter 4 verse 14. Wash your heart from the wickedness that you might be saved. Chapter 5 verse 23. They do not say in their heart... Let us fear the Lord God. Your iniquities have turned away these things from you. Your sins have withheld good things from you. Chapter 9 verse 14. But they have walked according to the dictates of their own hearts and their fathers as their fathers taught them. Chapter 11 verse 8. Yet they will not obey or incline their ear. But everyone follows the dictates of his evil heart. Chapter 13 and verse 10. This evil people who refuse to hear my words, who follow the dictates of their own hearts. Chapter 16 and verse 12. And you have done worse than your fathers. For behold, each one follows the dictates of his own heart, and so he does not listen to me. Chapter 18, verse, well, that's the, yeah, chapter 18, verse 12. And they said, this is hopeless. So we will walk according to our own plans, and we will everyone obey the dictates of his own heart. Now, toward the end of the book, Jeremiah begins to shift because he begins to see that he has shared with his nation that the dictates of their own hearts is so evil. But he begins to shift in his writing and talk about how God will change the heart. Verse 27 and verse chapter 24 verse 7. And then I will give them a heart To know me. Chapter 23, verse 13. And you shall seek me, and you shall find me when you search for me with your whole heart. Jeremiah was very, very instrumental in convincing his nation in his day that what needed to happen was that their heart needed to be changed, and only God would be able to change their heart. As I mentioned a moment ago, Jeremiah points out to us in his writing in the Old Testament book that our problem is our heart. And then Luke, in the book of Acts chapter 2, 
is able to show us here is how God will change your heart if you will surrender your heart to Him. We find that in the second chapter of the book of Acts. If you will turn there with me for a moment, Acts chapter number 2. And I want to notice for a moment just a very few verses, verse 37 through 39. Now if you remember the makeup of the book of Acts, the book of Acts is often called the Acts of the Church. That's when the church began in Acts uh, chapter 1, chapter 2, and then we see the growth of the church throughout the book of Acts as the church begins to grow. But also we notice in the book of Acts something else, the coming of the Holy Spirit. So the book of Acts is also called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. So it really goes by both of those titles many times. It will be referred to as the Acts of the Church. This is the progress of the New Testament church as it begun. The Acts of the Holy Spirit. The action or the acts the Holy Spirit brought and began to do as the Holy Spirit began to work in the early church. But the beginning of this passage of Scripture in the book of Acts is this. God takes an Old Testament theology, an Old Testament pattern that led to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And he says, I want to talk to you about how that you can have a heart change. That old heart that Jeremiah had exposed as a prophet in his writing. How that heart needs to now be changed by the miraculous new birth and the work of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit comes to live within you. You see, it was that mob in Jesus' day that actually crucified Him. This mob that gathered there in the streets of Jerusalem at that Passover time, their anger had been boiling over for some time. Jesus had been walking among them for three years. He had made all of these claims that ran against the political nature of the time in his day. He was claiming to be God and the Jews were saying, how can a man claim that he's God? He can't be God. God's God. And so the Jewish people of his day were very, uh, very angry with Jesus. They didn't like his message. They didn't like what he was doing. And so that mob began to gather. They began to grow. It began to fester within them. And so finally they reached a point that it boiled over. They had been trying to kill him for years and could not. But now it had boiled over. And that mob then came together and said, We're going to destroy you. We're going to put you to death. And they began to yell. They began to clamor. Crucify him. Crucify him. And finally they won out. And the religious mob of his day, the Jewish mob, actually had their way 
and had Jesus crucified on the cross. Now that's, that's what leads up to the book of Acts being written. And so when Luke wrote about all of that in his gospel, now he writes about the aftermath of the crucifixion. The aftermath of the mob that had crucified Christ and had him put to death. And Luke begins to write in this chapter number one and then chapter number two. And he begins to preach his sermon. And here was Luke's sermon on the day of Pentecost. Remember, he was anointed by Jesus. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit just a few hours earlier. And now steps forward to preach his premier message on the day of Pentecost. And he looks out at all of those people gathered in Jerusalem. Those people who were the ones that were instrumental in the crucifixion and death of Christ. And he looks at them and he said, listen to me. You crucified the Son of Glory. You crucified the Prince of Peace. You crucified the very one that God sent into the world to be your Savior. And you have nailed him to the cross. And you have put him to death. But that's not the end of the story, Luke says. After you put him to death and he was placed in a tomb, then God by his mighty power raised Jesus from the grave. And Jesus now is living. And Jesus will change your heart If you will trust Him, and if you will believe in Him, God will give you a second chance at eternal life in general. Now we pick it up now in verse 37. All of this has transpired in those early verses. Verse 37 it says, Now when the crowd, when the mob heard this, they were cut To their hearts, and they said to the rest of the disciples and apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? Now look at how powerful this is. Simon Peter didn't didn't, uh, sway back from their criticism. He stepped forward and under the anointing of God said to them, You're the problem. Your heart is the problem. Your heart needs to be changed by the power of God. It needs to be changed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he stood there and said, listen, you need to have a heart change. And notice what they said, the crowd said. The crowd said that the word of God has cut to our hearts what must we do? What must we do? What do we need to go do? Our heart has been broken. You see, friend, when Jeremiah described the deceitful heart in his book of Old Testament writing, he did not understand fully what was going to happen at the coming of the Holy Spirit. Because you see in the Old Testament the Holy Spirit would come upon a man and empower that man for service but not everyone. 
But the Holy Spirit did not come at that time of Jeremiah's writing to indwell the heart and life of an individual. And so now Simon Peter is able to announce to the people, listen, you need a heart change. If you will repent of your sin, the Holy Spirit will come and He will live within you. He will do surgery on that old, hard, calloused heart. And He will cut away that which needs to be gone. And He will come and change your heart in a powerful way and give you a heart that's godly, a heart like Jesus, a heart that needs to be changed. How does that heart change happen? He tells about it in this passage of Scripture. He comes down to verse 38 and he gives three words, three ways that God will change your heart. The first one, he says, repent of your sin and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now that's all that I'm going to be talking about for the next few moments and then we're going to be finished. But I want you to notice how simple it is, how simple God has made it, but yet how profound it is because because something simple doesn't mean that it's not profound and this is a very profound passage of scripture notice the first thing he says repent repent of your sins you must repent now let's keep the scripture in context here let's not take liberty with it What were these people to repent of? These people were to repent specifically about something. And the specific thing they were to repent of is the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Because this is the crowd that were there that crucified Christ. This is the group of people that convinced Herod and Pilate to hand him, hand him over. This was the group of people that were shouting, crucify him, crucify him. And so all of a sudden, Jesus has been crucified. He was buried, but he did not stay in the grave. He has been resurrected. And so Peter is saying to them, here's what you're going to have to do. If you want God to change your heart, it starts right here. You must repent that you insisted On the crucifixion of Jesus. You must repent of your anger and resentment against heaven's child that God sent to redeem the world from their sin. My friend, do we know and understand, and surely we do, what the word repentance means. The word repentance means that I turn away from one thing and turn to another. So Peter was saying, you must turn around and turn away from your hatred of Jesus. And you must turn around and trust Jesus as your personal Savior. You crucified Him, but God showed you that He is His Son. God proved to you 
that He did send Jesus. God proved to you that Christ is God in the flesh. How did He prove that to you? He proved that to you by raising Him from the dead. And so now, God is giving you a second chance. You thought you were doing God a favor, but you weren't. And so God loved Jesus and has raised Him now. Turn away from rejecting Christ and turn to Jesus and receive Him as your Savior. That's where heart change begins. Heart change can never happen to a person until they embrace Jesus as their Savior. Until they trust Christ as the Lord of their life and surrender their life to Him. There can be no heart change. No one can make anybody change their heart. No one can turn over a new leaf and have a new heart. No, it can't happen. It doesn't work that way. Sooner or later, pressure will hit. And in that pressure, there will be an explosion. It will be your evil heart, my evil heart, exploding at a point in time. Unless Jesus changes our heart. And when He changes our heart, guess what He does? He gives us a heart like His. And He puts His heart within us. Well, notice the second thing we see in this scripture. Not only did Peter tell this mob, this angry group of people, they need to repent. But Jesus said, or Peter said to them, you must repent for the remission, remitting, the cleansing, the washing of your sins. Now, I know that verse did not say all of that. It said remission of sins. But when you study that concept out in Scripture, all of these extra words that I've added in there, you find them to be in Scripture that the Bible teaches that our sin is washed away by the blood of Jesus. Our sin is cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Our sin is remitted from us by the blood of Jesus. Our sin is pardoned by the blood of Jesus. All of those words, all of those things we find in the New Testament. But there is something about this cleansing of sin, this remission of sin, that we cannot just scoot across without giving it eye service and ear service for a moment. And that is this idea, this thought, this biblical principle of how cleansing and being washed in the blood of Jesus, how that all takes place in our heart through the work of the Holy Spirit. That is told us in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If you'll turn there for a moment... I'll read that verse to us for a moment. It's very, a very simple verse. Uh, some of us, I'm sure, have memorized it, but just follow this for a moment because I think this verse really is the key in uh, the cleansing of our sin and the changing of our heart. Notice what 1 John 1.9 says. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now that verse is telling us this cleansing work that God does in our old evil human heart 
How God changes our heart is described in that verse. Our sinful heart is cleansed. It's forgiven. Our sinful heart is washed. All of the all of the vile deceitfulness God will remove out of it, so to speak. But notice the word that he used in that word. In that scripture. He used the word confess. The word confess. You know, for God to cleanse me of my sin, I've got to confess my sin. Now, here's what the word confess means. When you look at that word confess in the original language, it simply means to agree with. Agree with. Agree with. In other words, I agree with what God says about my heart. I agree with what God says about my sin. I agree with what God says about my actions. Now that's what it means to confess. Now look at how that affected this crowd. This crowd, they had to confess their sin. They had to agree that what Luke was, what at, what. Peter was preaching was true. They had to agree with him. Now notice something. When they were calling for Jesus to be crucified, they were crucifying him because he claimed to be God. They were crucifying him because of their wicked heart. They did not like him. So now all of a sudden they realized through the preaching of Simon Peter, yes indeed, Jesus was God. Jesus was sent into the world to pay for my sin. It was needed for Jesus to die on the cross to cleanse and forgive my sin. Yes, Jesus has been raised from the grave. God was right all along and I was wrong all along and so I'm repenting, I'm confessing, I agree with God that God was right and that I was wrong and my actions were wrong, my thoughts were wrong, my dirty heart was wrong and I need my dirty, deceitful heart to be washed, to be cleansed, to be forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. That is the work that the Holy Spirit does on the wicked heart to change it, to cleanse it, to forgive it. The book of, in the Old Testament, God said through one of the prophets, I will get, take out that old heart of stone and I will give them a heart of flesh. What God was saying was, I'll take out that old deceitful heart And I will give them a heart like Jesus. A heart that needs, that can forgive. A heart that can be saved. Jeremiah, James chapter 4 verse 8. Here's what it says. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. Well, that's the way my heart gets purified. I surrender it and the Holy Spirit comes in. 
and the Holy Spirit purifies my heart. There's one more thing in this scripture verse and then we're going to be finished. Notice again in that verse 38. Peter said to them, repent. He said, you'll have remission of sins. And then he said, you'll receive. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now there is the heart that we want. We want the heart that the Holy Spirit comes and gives us. The heart that the Holy Spirit changes in our lives. One of the scriptures that I love to use, one of my favorites, it's found in the book of Colossians. I'm not sure exactly that the number, I think it's in chapter 2. It's either in 2 or 3 or 1. It's in 1, 2 or 3. It's right there somewhere in that area. It's a powerful verse. But it says this, Let the Word of God be at home in your heart. Do you know what he's saying in that scripture? When you look at the Word of God, you look at the Holy Spirit, you look at Jesus, you can sort of summarize and put all of that together in that verse with when you read it in its context. And it is simply saying, God is simply saying, let the Holy Spirit come and let the Holy Spirit settle down and let Him be at home in your heart. My friend, I don't have to tell you what things and what actions and what lifestyles the Holy Spirit is not pleased with. I don't have to get up here and read a list of 10 or 15 or 20 things and say, now, if you do any of this, if you act any of these ways, if you say any of these things, if you have any of these attitudes, that's not right. God doesn't like that. I don't have to get up here and do that. You know why I don't have to do that? Because the Holy Spirit living in your heart does that for you. If God has changed your heart and God has cleansed your heart and if He's taken away that old stony heart, that old calloused hard heart, and if He's taken that away from you and He's brought a new heart in you and He's done that work because you've repented of your sin and His blood has cleansed you of your sin, you know very well by the work that the Holy Spirit does and the whispering and the things that He does in your heart, you know very well when you are in the flesh saying and doing things that are not pleasing to God and when you are. He said, I will give you a new heart and that new heart is birthed in us by the power and work of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit who comes upon everyone at the moment of repentance, at the moment of confession of sin, the Holy Spirit comes. He does this supernatural cleansing work in your life and in your heart. And you have this new heart to love like Jesus to live like Jesus, to talk like Jesus, to act like Jesus, to behave like Jesus. You don't have to justify things. You have a Holy Spirit living within you that is going to empower you and strengthen you in that day. The heart that Jesus wants to give us, a heart of compassion, a heart of love. All we've got to do is read the New Testament. Read the Gospels. 
It'll show us how Jesus responded in every single situation of life that you and I can come across. And when we see how Jesus responded in every situation in life, that's the heart that God gives the believer. And that's the new heart, the cleansed heart. And that's the way we need to respond in every situation in life, just as Jesus did as we see in the Gospels. It's just that simple. When he gives us a new heart. I just say to you this morning, friend, I can tell you firsthand that God can do exactly what I've preached on this morning. I can tell you firsthand. I've lived it out in my life. I've seen God change my heart in ways that I would have never thought God could change a human being's heart in. Now, it doesn't always come overnight, and it's not always easy. But if you and I will stay true to the Lord Jesus, if we'll stay true, if we'll read the Word of God and study it, there's a washing and a cleansing that the Holy Spirit does through the Word of God to change our heart. And He can change it, and He will change it about anything and everything you can ever imagine. And He will heal it completely. That's the work that God does. That's the work that Peter was talking about. And what greater person in Scripture can we see that had a 180 heart change, if you know anything about the Scripture, than the old Saul who became Paul? Boy, didn't God change him? And he, but he changed his heart. God didn't change his behavior. He changed his heart. And when he changed his heart, guess what changed? His behavior changed. When you and I have bad behavior, man, it's not because our behavior is bad. It's because our heart's wrong. When we get our heart right and we get our heart changed, our behavior will match it. And it'll be like Jesus. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we prepare for our invitation this morning. Our heads are bowed and our eyes closed. And Tony and Catherine are going to come and they're going to lead us and As, as we sing, if God's speaking to you and wants to do a work in your heart, maybe He wants to change your heart today. Maybe He wants to change something in your life today. Would you make that decision for Christ this morning as we come and, and sing this time together? God, have your way. Save those that will believe. Change those, Lord, who need to be changed. We honor you and we praise you. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.